Praise the Lord. He has risen. Yes, our Savior Jesus Christ lives. Let's read Matthew chapter 28 verses 5 through 7. And it reads, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And, behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Amen. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This message was recorded on April the 17th, 2022. The Word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. Now let's follow along in our Bibles. Let's go to John's Gospel in the 19th chapter. John 19, let's go there. And we're going to start at verse 14. We're going to do a little reading, but we're going, to, we're going to be out your way. We're going to do a little reading, but we're going to be out your way. Amen. You ready? We, we good? We? Okay. All right. John chapter 19 and verse 14. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, behold, your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate saith unto him, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. Mm. Then delivered he them, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him, and where two other with were two other with two other with him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was "Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews." This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to the Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, that, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Good for you, Pilate. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart. And also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be, but the, the scripture might, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which say, if they parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her unto his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, 
I thirst. Now there was a set vessel full of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon the hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help us this morning, dear Lord, as we go through the word of God to commemorate your life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension according to the scriptures. God, I just thank you, Jesus, for doing what you did for me. You did not have to do it. I thank you for everything that you endured because you loved us. And God, we are able to stand here today simply because of the work, the efficacious work that you did. And we are nothing without you. We are not ashamed to tell the world that we are nothing without you, Jesus. So I ask you this morning to help me decrease that you might increase. Help me speak with clarity of thought, God. And I pray, dear Lord, that, that you open eyes that they might see, open ears that they might hear, soften a heart to receive and strengthen hands to hold on to the word of God. This we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. You may take your seat. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things are accomplished now, that the scripture might be fulfilled, say it. Our thirst, verse 30 is what I want. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I love those three words right there. It is finished. Everybody say that. Say, it is finished. With the help of the Lord, I want to minister to you all from those three words this morning using the topic, and that's the end of that. And that's the end of that. Amen? And that's the end of that. Y'all help me say that. Say, and that? The end of that. And that's the end of that. I... Uh, there was, I, I, the longer I live for the Lord, the more I can see the immensity of the, 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 the weight and the greatness of, the, of a problem that sin itself presents. Sin is a problem. And it, it's, not a, it's not a tiny problem. Can you think of the Garden of Eden, this world as we knew it before sin? Can you think, take a second and think of that. Everything that you know about the Garden of Eden, everything you know about this earth that our Lord had created, think about what that was before sin entered into the world. And you will begin to get a great picture of the problem that sin is. God creates everything each day and every day he looks at it and he says it is good. Isn't this what he does? He looks at everything each day and declares the first day everything he created, he declared it to be what? And on the second day, it is what? And on the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day, and it is what? Good. Then on the sixth day, he creates his crowning achievement when he gets down into the dust of the ground and, and forms a, a clay vessel. 
And what he does with this clay vessel, he calls that vessel a, a man. Amen. And then he declares the man to be what? Good. Everything that he made, it is good. This is what he declares it to be. And with that being said, with that being said, uh, we never hear prior to sin of Adam being sick. Prior to sin, we never hear of Adam being afraid. Prior to sin, we never hear of Eve having problems in childbearing. Prior to sin, we never hear of wars and rumors of wars. Prior to sin, we never hear about debt. Prior to sin, we never hear about these gargantuan problems that sin presents. It is simply because sin will, has introduced us to things that are anti-God. Sickness is not of God. Disease is not of God. Depression and all these things are not of God. It was not introduced by God, but it was introduced to us by the fall of man. And these things are symptomatic of death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 that by one man did sin enter into the world. And then that by that death passed upon all men, wherefore all men have sinned. I submit to you this morning that if what we deal with in our lives is not a result of our own personal sins, that it is simply a result of the fact that sin exists. You don't all look at it this way. There was a young man who had an ailment in the scriptures, and they asked the question, who, who sinned in this man's family that brought this thing upon him? And Jesus said, nobody. It's just simply done so that God might get the glory. Sometimes because of the fact that sin exists, we go through things. It doesn't always have to be because of your own personal sin, but because the fact that sin exists, things are thrusted upon us. So much so until the scripture says that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of what? Trouble. Simply because of the fact that sin exists. And sin has somewhat of an arresting effect. Uh, you get caught up in sin enough and it will arrest you. You will be in what Paul calls bondage. Another place in the scripture says to whom, whom, to whom you yield your, your members to, to you, you're their servants. Sin, we, we were sold into sin. Adam forfeited his right to have dominion and gave it over to the adversary by sin. And so now sin has proven to have uh, uh, an arresting influence on us. Romans chapter 7, Paul words it this way. He says, I find another law in my members that when I would do good, evil is always with me. And he says, even when I pray and I fast, the good thing that I should do, I don't even do it. But the bad thing that I should not do, I find myself not only doing that, but wanting to do that thing. Why? Because sin has an arresting effect on you. Once you get it, once it gets a hold of you, how many of you know you give sin an inch, it's going to take a mile? Sin is never satisfied. Sin always wants to do more to you. Whatever you allow sin to do in you is going to try to amplify the effect. 
When sin is finished, it brings forth what? Death. That's what the scripture says. The ultimate goal of sin in this world or sin in your life is to bring about your demise. Sin is not your friend. Sin is not here to try and convince you that you need God. But it's going to do everything that it can do to snatch you away from the one saving entity in your life, and that is Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about it this way in John chapter 3. That, that, that the, here's the problem with the world, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness because their deeds are evil. And the problem with this was the Bible says that Jesus didn't even come into the world to condemn the world. Why did Jesus not have to condemn the world when he came here? Because the world was already condemned. Sin had already put the condemnatory judgment upon this world. And that judgment is simply this, that the soul that sinneth, it shall surely what? Die. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Amen. That's what we were dealing with. But not only were you dying, but you were on your way to hell. My God, you are on your way to the one place that will eternally separate you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the issue here now is, how do I reconcile the fact that I'm separated from God with the fact that the God that I'm separated from loves me more than I am separated from him? I'm going to say that again. The degree that God loves you, the, the strength and the, and, the, and the fire with which he loves you is greater than the distance that's between you and him. God is not going to allow any distance to become so great that he cannot reach out to you when you reach out to him. Because he declared that if you draw nigh unto me, I'll do what? I'll draw nigh unto you. This is the God that we serve. I am so glad to know that there's no sin that I have committed that's so great that Jesus will say, forget him. I can't reach him. I can't get to him. But I love the fact that the Bible says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save those that which were lost. There are some people that would rather you stay lost. But Jesus said, I came to look for you. When he came on this earth, sinners flocked to Jesus because there was something about him that registered inside of them that said, I know I'm dying, but something in him can help me come alive. You have he quickened and made alive, according to Ephesians chapter 2. That's what he has done now. And so having said that and understanding this, we must reconcile the fact that I'm lost, I'm going, I'm on my way to hell, how do, I, how do I grasp that in my mind? That Jesus loves me more than my failures, but I'm yet on my way to hell. How do I deal with that? Here's how you deal with it. You deal with understanding your current situation. Your current situation is that you are in jail and it's only and you are in prison. You are in the prison of sin and of your flesh. And the only everybody knows the only way the antidote for dealing with being in prison is getting out of prison. 
and you can't, and someone had to come along and get you out of that jail. Somebody had, but not only that, somebody had to buy you out and then release you. And since you were sold into sin, and the only price that was able to be paid, and the only price that God would accept is the blood being shed on Calvary's cross. Because Peter would declare to us that you have been bought with the price. He said, and you have not been bought with corruptible things like silver and gold received by the vain tradition and conversation of your fathers, but you were bought with the precious blood of a spotless lamb. And how many of you know that lamb is Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. If you know that Jesus is the lamb, shout hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. And so he comes along and he buys us out. I want to let you know that what Jesus did was a mighty fine, mighty good, mighty great thing because no prophet that came along was able to buy you out because mo because Adam came along and he, in all of his wisdom he named all the animals and all of his wisdom he named all the birds and in all of his wisdom he tilled the garden of God and all of his wisdom he was able to take care of his wife but he was still not yet wise enough to buy you out of sin. Adam could not do it. And then most people like Moses and Abraham come along. Abraham being called father of our faith. And all that he has done to lay the groundwork for faith that would eventually be saving faith. Abraham still could not buy us out of sin. And we come along to Moses and he comes along and he writes Deuteronomy and all these books that we have in the Old Testament and he gives us the law showing us how to atone for sin and God gives him the tabernacle design where it has the gates with the four corners or four posts around the corner and you enter into the tabernacle and you see the brazen altar of sacrifice and then you see the brazen laver and then you go into the first curtain and you see all of these instruments of the tabernacle the table of showbread and you see the candlestick and you see the altar of incense and you go beyond that to the inner curtain to where the holiest of holy is and you see hallelujah you see that the the, the 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 ark of the covenant and where the mercy seat is and, and inside that ark is David's uh, excuse me is, is, is the rod that Aaron's rod that budded and, and the ten uh, the ten commandments on stone tablets and, and you also see the pot of manna that came down and atonement was made there for the sins of the people the sins of the people were pushed forward for one full year and their sins will have been atoned for this was happening every day this, this was going on the atonement would happen one day a year but sacrifices were being made daily in that temple and Hebrews lets us know none of those sacrifices could take away sin my God but then I'm so glad that when John sees Jesus coming in the Jordan River Jordan and he declares behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I come to let you know this morning that no prophet could, not, not just any prophet could get you out. Not just any word could get you out. Not just any man could get you out. But the only person that could buy you out of bondage and put you on a path toward freedom was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he had to come as a lamb according to Exodus chapter 12. 
because God's justice, God's judgment, God's payment demanded blood. We must never forget what Exodus 12 says, that that sacrifice that came to be sacrificed, it had to be a lamb without any spot or blemish. The lamb couldn't have any broken bones. The lamb couldn't have any bad wool. The lamb couldn't be deflicted. The lamb couldn't have anything out of order in his body, but he had to be perfect in order to be sacrificed. And I want to let you know that the only perfect lamb that ever lived was Jesus Christ because the Bible declares that he knew no sin. He never once sinned at all. And that was how it had to be in order for us to come out of our condition. His blood had to be so pure that it could buy you back. His blood had to be so rich that it could buy us back. His blood had to be so fervent that it could take care of my sins, past, present, and future. And now because of the blood that I can go back to Jesus now. If I ever find myself in a bind, I can plead the blood. If I ever find myself in a situation where I needed a dramatic assistance by God, I can throw my head back and throw my hands up and say the blood of Jesus over my house, the blood of Jesus over my mind, the blood of Jesus over my children, and the blood over my home, the blood over my finances, and and I want to let you know right now that everything that we've been dealing with because of sin is not a money kind of job. Because if money could fix sin, Jesus would finance it. Uh-huh. If strength could fix sin, Jesus would just tell you to go to the gym. If intellect could fix sin, Jesus would just tell you to go to college and go to the library. But that's not what he said. And in Hebrews 9 and 22, he declared that without the shed of blood there is no remission the only thing that could handle your sin was blood this is a bloody problem that we had to deal with and so who was going to do it the bible declared in isaiah that they asked the question who will go for us it declared that when god could find no intercessor with his own arm he brought salvation unto men hallelujah to god and so jesus is the arm of God. Jesus is the strength of God that came. He came in the flesh more than 2,000 years ago. Why? Because you needed to be saved. Hebrews chapter 12 declares, who for the joy that was set before him. How many of you know that nails are not what kept Jesus on the cross? Uh -uh, uh -uh. The nails in his hand didn't keep him there. The nails in his feet didn't keep him there. But his love for you kept him there. I want to let you know that he endured such a great contradiction by sinners. I want to let you know everything that Jesus dealt with just to buy you out of sin. I want to let you know, my God, that they beat, they put a bag over his head and balled up their fist and beat him in the face all night. And so much so that Jesus didn't even know who hit him. He asked, who was it that hit me? And no one would open up his open up their mouths and confess to have done it. I want to let you know that they begin to pluck the facial hair out of his face. They begin to pluck the beard out of his face because they hated him. I want to let you know that whenever you get 
punched my God bruises develop on your body so that the scripture might be fulfilled that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity my God and I come to let you know that every time they hit him he fell in love with you just a little bit more he said to himself uh, the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing I'm so glad that Jesus didn't make a decision in his flesh but he said the only way I can save these babies the only way I can buy them out the only way I can give them a right to the tree of life is if I come down and do it this way ah they took their hands and grabbed vines of strong thorns and the Bible says they platted them together they platted them like a braid and put the crown of thorns and pressed it down upon his forehead. My God, in the name of Jesus, he was flogged with the cat of nine tails. The cat of nine tails was a straw, was a piece of leather strap that had cat bones in it and metal pieces of metal in it. And whenever they would hit him with it, it would dig into his skin and pull flesh out of his body. And they flogged him and mocked him and laughed at him. But the Bible declares that he all he went through, he opened not his mouth because he had to stay there for us. Don't you ever forget that when he's suffering, he's not suffering for what he did. He was going through for what you did. He was going through for what I did. He was dying in my place. Oh, praise the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 And the Bible declares here that while we, were, we had to get that blood, and so they, they, they flogged him until his back was exposed. Oh, by the time you saw Jesus on the cross, he would have looked like a piece of meat, a piece of ground up meat. Don't let the movies fool you. The movies do not tell you everything that he went through. They left a whole lot out because it would have been too gruesome to have a man with his eyes hanging out his head on the cross, to have a man with his side busted wide open hanging on the cross. They couldn't depict it, so they left it out. But I want to let you know that Jesus remembers everything that he went through, and he put it in a word so I could tell you about it this morning. How when he with his open back exposed, with his flesh ripped apart. They put a cross beam across his back and said, carry it on up to Galgotha's hill. This man carried a cross beam the length of more, two, more than two football fields all the way up to the cross. Why did he do it? He did it because he loved you. My God, Jesus, I don't know why he loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that he did. My God, in the name of Jesus. And the cross beam was so heavy, and he had lost so much blood that by now he had gone into shock. Jesus was suffering shock right now. And he was suffering heart attack after heart attack, trying to carry that cross beam on up the Golgotha's hill. Why 
while they laughed at him, while they mocked him, and while they talked about him. They laid him down on the cross beam and took nail spikes and put it into his hand. And by the time they cut into his wrist where the nails were, they would have hit the nerve in his wrist. And then they did the same thing for his feet. Has anybody in here ever pinched a nerve before? Do you know what it feels like? Jesus' entire nervous system was pinched. The man was on the cross and he literally felt like he was being burned alive while he was on the cross. Why are you going through this, Jesus? Why are you still doing it? He said, boy, I love you. If I was sitting down there at the bottom of the cross, Deacon Evans, I would have been saying, Jesus, stop this now. Jesus, come down, master. Jesus, you don't have to deal with this. Jesus, why are you letting them do this to you? Stop this right now. I know that you can call on legions of angels to shut this down if you want to. But Jesus would look back at me and say, son, you have no idea what you're asking for. Because if I don't do this, you won't be saved. If I don't do this, you won't be healed. If I don't do this, you won't be delivered. No wonder angels bow before him. No wonder heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. My God, in the name of Jesus, with Jesus on the cross, with his feet like such, he would have been trying to lift himself up so that he could breathe because his lungs were filled with fluid and with blood. And every time he would lift himself up, he was doing it to gasp for air so that he wouldn't drown to death in his own blood. This is what he's dealing with on the cross. The pain that he's dealing with, the pain that he's experiencing. Jesus, around about this time, pericarditis is settling in. A fluid sac is forming around his heart to try to keep his heart from shutting down. I want to let you know right now that it had to be this way because the Bible, the law, demanded blood. Jesus couldn't die of a heart attack because the law said he had to shed his blood. He couldn't die of depression. He couldn't die of a broken heart. He couldn't die of COVID. He had to shed all of his blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no removal of your sin. Uh, round about this time they took his garments and ripped them up and they began to cast for lots and gamble on his garments uh, to see who was going to get what my God and then they put on a plat over his head here is the king of the Jews they put it up there to mock him can I tell you something they were trying to mock him but they had no idea that they were telling the truth but I want to say something else they left something off because he ain't just king of the Jews he's king of the Gentiles too. He is king of kings. He is lord of lords. He is the lord of hosts. He is the great I am that I am. He is my rock in the weary land. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my fortress. He is my father. He is my keeper. He is my sustainer. Oh, somebody shout, he's my king. 
Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of our God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And so they right about now, Jesus, he's beginning to get a little cotton mouth now because he can't get any fluid to come up from his esophagus. So right about now, my God, he can't, his, his saliva glands aren't even working like they should. So he opens his mouth and says, man, I'm thirsty. I thirst. I thirst. I thirst. And they brought him vinegar on some hyssop. Look how much they disregarded him. Look how much he let himself be disregarded for you. And what he does here now is he takes a piece of it and the Bible declares that when Jesus had received the vinegar he opened his mouth and said it is finished. My God as I told you this morning my topic this morning is and that's the end of that. I want to let you know here this morning my God in the name of Jesus that when you interpret it is finished in its original language it does not just mean it's over but what it means is paid in full I come to remind the saints here and everyone under the sound of my voice the debt that you owed the only reason you don't owe it no more is because Jesus went to the cross and paid the debt for him Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain but he washed me white as snow if you wash this morning you ought to tell God thank you if you're clean this morning you ought to tell God thank you if you've been purified by the blood you ought to tell God thank you I'm justified by the blood, sanctified by the blood. Then I can tell the adversary every time he try to bring his lies, God bought me out of that. And that's the end of that. I ain't going to hell. And that's the end of that. I can live holy now. And that's the end of that. I ain't confused no more. And that's the end of that. I ain't lost no more. And that's the end of that. How did it happen? The Bible declares that he went down in the grave and three days later he rose again with all power and he went on to pour out the blood in heaven. My God in the name of Jesus on the mercy seat for me. Tell the devil, tell the devil the next time he looks for me, if he can't find me, it's because the blood is hiding me. If you can't find me to kill me, it's because the blood's got me covered. If you can't find me to hurt me, it's because the blood's got me covered. Can you testify? The blood covered you. Testify. The blood kept you. Testify. The blood held you. Testify. The blood moved you. The blood washed you. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes up in here. Can you say yes? Can you say yes? Say yes. Yes, Lord. Is there still blood in the church? I know it got to be some blood up in here. Is there still blood in the pews? Is there still blood in the choir? Is there still blood on the organ? Is there still blood on the drums? Is there still blood in the pew? Is there still blood in the pulpit? I came for the blood when I come in 
in the door. Shut up. Talking about foolishness. I didn't come to find out if your team won the game. I didn't come to find out if you got money. I didn't come to find out about your new suit. I didn't come to hear the latest gossip. But I came for the blood. 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 I came because I need it. I came because I want it. I came because I love it. Ain't nothing going to hold me like the blood can. Can you say yes? Can you say yes? Say yes. My God, in the name of Jesus, you when's the last time you pled the blood over your family? When's the last time you sent the blood over your boss? When's the last time you sent the blood on your job? My God, in the name of Jesus, the blood bought me out, brother. And that's the end of that. Somebody may try to bring up your mess. Tell them, tell them if they can go, if they can get it out of the blood, they can have it. You want my mistakes? Uh, go dive in the blood and find it. I'm not looking for it. I'm covered. I've died to sin because the blood enabled me to do it. I died to sin. The blood helped me do it. So if you want to be the saint that conducts an autopsy on my dead body, go ahead. But while you looking for what I did, I'll be serving God. While you looking for my, let me tell you something. The Bible declares that if God were to mark our sins, brother, who would be able to stand before him? Jesus, I need you to heal me today. Well, yesterday you did dot, 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 dot. Well, last year you did dot, 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 dot. But the Bible said he took our sins and cast them into the sea. And as far as the east is from the west, that's what he's done. I'm so glad. Whew. I know God can't forget, but he reckons, watch this, his righteousness toward me. He accounts his righteousness toward me. That's what he does. See, the only way God can see us and not kill us is for him to see us through the blood. That's the only way. Somebody say, prove it. All right, fine. I'll do it. Says, yeah, bossy saints, I'll prove it. Anybody remember Old Testament God? Polyester and cotton together. Kill them. Right? Ain't that the law? Cheat on your wife. Kill him. Cheat on your husband. Kill him. Right? Talk back to your mama, kill him. Talk back to your daddy, kill him. Right? Some of these children wouldn't make it through the door. A stone to hit him in the head so fast it'll blow their mind. Wasn't that old? There was that old. I was I was laughing with a friend the other day. Uh, when in the New Testament, when Jesus goes up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and who's there? Elijah and Moses show up, right? If, 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 if I was laughing, I was like, Moses would probably look at God the way some of us parents look at grandparents. Like, you done got soft. You know? <laughs> I remember when you'd kill somebody for that. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Amen? 
Thank God for the blood. The blood of Jesus is the world's greatest chemical fluid. The blood of Jesus is the world's greatest chemical fluid. Now, check this out, and I'm done. Old Testament sacrificial system was a system that saw over 100,000 sheep slain for that system because you had to have that blood, right? And over 30,000 oxen slain because it had to have the blood. The law required you use some kind of blood, correct? Now, check this out. An ox has more blood in his body than a human does. A human has around five quarts of blood in his body. Anybody, anybody want to fact check me on that? About five quarts of blood in the body? Now, 30,000 oxen over that period of time and 100,000 sheep is more than five quarts of blood. Wouldn't you say so? Jesus does in one weekend with five quarts of blood what 100,000 sheep and 30,000 oxen couldn't do in more than 1,000 years. He's one bad God. He is one bad dude. And you won't serve him? And you won't call on him? When you wake up in the morning before your feet hit the floor, you ought to be thanking God. Oh, I thank you for letting the blood cover me while I slept. And I couldn't see my way when I slept last night, but Lord, you saw fit to cover me and to keep me. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Anybody, anybody need prayer? Anybody, anybody need prayer? If you don't want to come down, that's fine. You can stand right where you are. One moment. One moment. For those who are listening via the podcast, my word to you is to get the blood applied to your life. If you want the blood applied to your life, the blood is applied when you're baptized in Jesus' name. That's when the blood is applied. Because you can't be saved without being baptized in Jesus' name. Isn't that Bible? That's Bible. You've got to go down in water in Jesus' name. And then before, before you do that, you've got to repent. And then after, because you've got to obey the gospel. The gospel is a death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, correct? So just like he died, you got to die. So when do you die? When you die to your will in repentance. But then just like he was buried according to Romans 6, he says we are buried with Christ in baptism. Just like he was buried, you got to be buried. And so how do you do that? In baptism. And then how do you, you got to rise to walk in the newness of the life. That's the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How? Speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. You got to have that. You can't get to heaven without it. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation. You've got to be saved. Heaven or hell, and you ain't going to miss both of them. Thank you. He was anoint him, please. Amen? Tell somebody about Jesus this week. Tell somebody about Jesus this week. Amen and amen. We hope that you have received something valuable from this message. We want to thank you for your time and support. 
God loves you and so do we. Have a fantastic and blessed week. Thank you and amen.